0: Welcome to Cartoonist Kayfabe, my name is Ed Piskor. I'm Jim Rugg. Today we're taking a look at Marvel Fanfare issue number 18, the Frank Miller, Roger Stern, Captain America issue. But first, uh, at the end of July, last Saturday in July, is Cartoonist Kayfabe, comic book Christmas in July. What we want you to do is uh, what Jimmy and I will be doing on that day, going around to the various lending libraries, uh, free lending libraries that are in our neighborhood. We're going to be stuffing those boxes full of uh comics uh some of our comp copies some of our doubles um an extra cool book or two that uh we have laying around is going to find its way into those lending libraries with the hope of uh showing the showing off the medium to people who actually are literate like to read and might haven't given uh comics a chance in in some time and reintroduce them to the forum if they haven't been uh introduced to it already also please like follow and subscribe to the youtube channel hit the bell so we can notify you uh when we post new videos to mitigate that kayfabe effect which is when we talk about a comic it often will become a little bit more pricey if you can find it at all on the aftermarket uh later in that day man so the earlier you get to our vids the better and if you watch these videos to the end that's going to send uh comic book loving youtube viewers to the youtube channel we're only 1% of the su- subscriber number that we have as a- our goal to hit, man. So we have a long way to go. And uh, without further ado, Jimmy, we did an issue of Wizard not too long ago, and they have their Good and Cheap section. And uh, this is on the Good and Cheap section. Uh, we, we both had these issues pulled, ready to go. Thought it would be a good time to finally put it under the microscope, man. I think it was in my to-do to pile for about two and a half years, man.
1: Yeah, uh, it, it, it reading it this week. I you know I read it probably whenever I picked it up, whatever point in time. Very disappointed in it, <laughs> and we'll get into some of those details. Uh, but I think it is a good one to put under the under the microscope because this is Frank Miller at a really interesting time, right? This is I think nineteen eighty five, but if you look at the cover, that's Dark Knight style. Yeah, you know, like art wise. Um, and there's some real interesting stuff on that cover like he's playing with textures here i love like the the heavy brush strokes for you know like the flame and the smoke in the background so interesting time but i was a little underwhelmed by the story and we'll kind of get into that as we dive in but the cover i think is super strong
0: fantastic cover and in fact it's a it's a there are two pieces
1: to it man um, this is almost Stranko-esque from the uh, Superman 500. It really or, is or Action Comics, whatever issue that was, where Stranko does the, some a short story.
0: And feels a lot like it. And Miller himself did a couple of Superman pieces, I believe, that weren't too far from this. Uh, we heard from guys like uh, Basset, who's talking about like put your bolds, your black areas in first, and it looks like that might have been the approach. I feel like. When Miller really started inking himself, like on Ronin, moving forward throughout the all of the 80s into the 90s and and beyond, to be honest, he is always in discovery mode when he's when he's doing his inking. We looked at that um, Eisner Miller book, and they described they both agreed and described uh, the pencil as like a Renaissance artist's stylus. It's not a drawing tool. Inking ink is the drawing tool. And uh, pen, pencil is the preliminary. You get that impression when you see this very energetic. I mean, the guy's using his goddamn thumbprints for this tattered um, image of of, of the uh, the flag there. And I I do think that this cover kind of says it all because because it is beyond melodrama in terms of Captain America's relationship with the American flag. Yeah,
1: with the tear coming out. Always. always uh, <laughs> I just don't. Avoid it. <laughs> Here's one of my rules of making comics. Don't have your heroes cry. It's hard to pull off.
0: Yes. Yes. Without without laughing in their yes. faces. <laughs> Probably not the effect that, that was intended.
1: Now you mentioned Ronan though, and again, that's part
0: of what makes this interesting. So Miller's had his run on Daredevil okay. amazing. We, we should we shouldn't we shouldn't jump because like what Marvel fanfare is, especially early on, is a collection of inventory stories. Right. That could have been done at any given time. We don't know when when he drew this comic. That's fair. Yeah. Because that that is the thing. Like I look at this and think this is this.
1: You don't do Ronin and then do this issue. Right. And so he probably didn't. It probably is an older story. Like Roger Stern, they used to run the ads where it was Frank Miller and Roger Stern doing Doctor Strange. Yeah. It never came to be, but it seems like that was a a potential team up for a while. So you know maybe it came about that ad because of this story. Maybe they liked working together.
0: Uh, so yeah I think this is an older story yes there was a period of time where there would be money allocated for the editors to just produce issues that are sort of out of canon divorced from canon don't have requirements of the ongoing storyline so that they could run that issue in case the penciler gets a cold or something and doesn't finish the, the regular monthly issue they built up a war chest of that stuff to the point where they could have this extra series called marvel fanfare and it as you read this thing there's no other character interaction beyond captain america with you know the or that's bad guys of the day um so it reads as an inventory story yeah and
1: i often think like well, first, that editorial is pretty fun. Like he's he's really talking about this issue and how what he ends up putting together because he doesn't get a backup story, but he gets a portfolio, which is my favorite part of the issue, by the way, that yeah. portfolio. But kind of cool to see him doing a, a little nine-panel grid and talking shop. You know, like really getting into putting together this issue. So that's kind of cool. Um, but the inventory story, it reminds me like when we were looking at Golden Age comics or interviews with you know Eisner talking about Golden Age and stuff how this inventory system is almost uh, residual from that. And obviously, by the time you get to 80s Marvel, they're using it differently because now it's like, oh, if an issue of Captain America is late for some reason, you might run a Captain America inventory story there. And, And you'll see that in various Marvel monthly comics to keep the books on schedule. But it is this, like, system where, like, they used to just buy stories and then figure out how to place them. Yeah. And sometimes would sell those stories, like, you know, the stories of golden age publishers buying inventory from other companies to run. So it's kind of interesting just how that's a legacy. You know, you think of today's model of image or something. It's There's no way that works, you know? Like, it's it's really this different system.
0: The cool thing about uh, Marvel Method is that what you are getting Uh, oftentimes with your penciler is you're getting a story that is paced by that that penciler so so Frank Miller is pacing this whole thing out and you're getting Frank Miller storytelling flow so when you hit this two-page spread story of arsonists who are burning down various uh, buildings Uh, sort of a uh, sort of labor action kind of thing we discover This is this is Frank Miller's doing. Roger Stern said whatever he said to Frank Miller to inspire him, and we're getting some Frank Miller stuff.
1: Yeah, and the credits it's it's by Roger Stern and Frank Miller, and then uh, Joe Rubenstein finisher. Mm -hmm. So you know even some of the illustration give give Rubenstein credit for some of those choices, and he was the finisher on the Wolverine miniseries. He was, yeah. You wonder if this happens before even the Wolverine miniseries, maybe, as an inventory story. And it's like, oh, yeah, I
0: like this guy's uh, finishing. Yes. Uh, So funny. Like, personally, reading this comic yesterday, uh, you get this spread where it's undeniable that you look at this Mm -hmm. entire piece. And then, you know, you read this as it goes. Uh, I got a text from Jeff Darrow uh, while I was reading this. And he's like, Ed, what do you think about this this panel flow? How would you read this? And he draws out a bunch of the panels, and there's no imagery in there. And it was two panels next to each other with a the third panel beneath, mm-hmm. and then the fourth panel to the side. And it was after I read this spread right here. And I'm like, Jeff, I'm so glad. Like, this is a perfect time for you to, um, to ask that because I have thoughts after reading this because I think it's a successful layout and I think I think it reads as intended by by Frank Miller when you get to this section and because it's you read this 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 and I think that the success of the image is it's so up uh, vertical heavy and it points down so much within these both of these panels that my eyes naturally went to this place. After reading both of these, I did not go directly right here. Yeah. Uh, and, and that was sort of m- like my thought when he sent that. I'm like, I don't, see, I don't know what imagery you're putting in there, but if it's more bottom heavy and you have no strong shapes pointing to that fourth panel, then you're going to be good. You're going to be golden. You know, you like almost think about pointing people downward to the below panel.
1: I think that the lettering helps. It does. Uh, the lettering's really, I think, strong on here. I see a big Stranko influence on the page layout on this as well. Yeah. And this storytelling method is interesting because it's almost cross-cutting. Yeah. You know, it's not like this and this happens and then this, it's almost like this and this happen and so does this. Yes. So I think there's some flexibility in the timing of what you're seeing also to do a layout like this. I don't know that this layout is something to, uh, to copy exactly because it does work here, but I don't think it would work all the time. No, yeah, of course. Cartoonist Kayfabe is brought to you by the comics that Ed Piscor and I make. Red Room Trigger Warnings, the second season of Red Room, all self-contained stories, issues one to four, now available in comic shops everywhere. Red Room, the anti-social network, the trade paperback collection of the first season of Red Room, now available in comic shops everywhere minus 28 countries where it's banned in 10 comic shops but you can still request it there and coming in september the collection the trade paperback of red room trigger warnings will be in stores in september you can pre-order that now at your local comic shop or online wherever you buy your books hulk grand design monster and hulk grand design madness in comic shops everywhere the 60-year history of the incredible hulk i am writing drawing lettering, coloring, the Grand Design Treatment, retelling that 60-year history, and you can now pre-order the Hulk Grand Design Oversized Treasury Collection. Uh, about 40 extra pages in that. It'll be in stores before Christmas, but you can pre-order it now in your comic shops or in your bookstores, wherever you're, you buy comics. And now back to our regular scheduled programming. Heading to San Diego Comic Con? Get ready to see Scott Snyder himself by brushing up on your favorite Snyder comics with Comixology Unlimited. With Comixology Unlimited, you get unlimited access to an unrivaled library of over 40,000 digital comics, graphic novels, and manga titles, featuring content from over 125 publishers and thousands of independent creators from around the world, including exclusive titles from Scott Snyder. And if that's not enough, you can also save up to 15% when buying select new and current comics. Try Comixology Unlimited today with a free 30-day trial. For details, visit Comixology.com unlimited. I on... love the spread by the way. That's something that feels atypical for Frank Miller and I really like that top or the top panel I mean sure I, I
0: really like that good uh, Good job on the color too where you have like the perfect magenta I mean the uh, the cyan and and the red against these other just like hot colors it really makes the cool color pop it does
1: yeah,' it's, it's very smart on the colorist to uh, make make Captain America stand out.
0: And there he goes, man, saving the day, dude. Here's your propaganda image that should be in the Daily Bugle that next day. Yeah, right. You yeah. know, like like the CIA <laughs> will commission that. Like this has to be in the Daily Bugle next issue. Uh, of course, they don't save everybody. This is something that you don't see often uh, in these comics. It's, it's almost, it's always, it's usually uh, binary. We save everybody or nobody.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. Captain America getting involved in this storyline too. I'm, I'm not a. I don't read captain america religiously yeah but this feels like a very
0: earthy story to put captain america in it does but it, to, to, for my taste if it, it start it's when you have him caressing <laughs> the american flag we're starting to get very silver age with the sensibility and it, it is the 80s like this comic we could probably agree that probably was made in in the 1980s much grittier time in life uh it's so heavy-handed uh, to the point where like, some politician guy's like, can you believe that this kind of thing would happen in America? And it's like, well, fuck yeah, of course. But then he's like, oh, don't, don't say anything bad about America. He's He almost starts caressing the flag like, oh, don't worry, baby. He doesn't mean it. He doesn't mean it.
1: This is such a classic superhero image. If you just showed me that panel, I don't think I would have guessed Frank Miller f- my first five guesses. <laughs>
0: yes yeah, so it, the it's, it's interesting to
1: see him going that direction again like we can probably find when this was done yeah but it feels like who knows like a path not taken
0: right yeah 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 thankfully in his case man
1: yeah i think he did all right
0: but it is a what if
1: this is such a cool sequence so so like each of these is a different moment in time yeah, the police have no clues on this, this arson ring, so yeah. Captain America's pulling his best daredevil to go find out at night.
0: What, what kind of bar has a bunch of topless dudes with lots of <laughs> muscles and leather bracelets on their wrists, man?
1: Yeah, we're We're, a,
0: we're approaching that Al Pacino cruising movie. Yes. Quintessential Frank Miller-type shot. You know, you see Daredevil doing that kind of gimmick. This is kind of sick. Dude, you got that wharf, dude. Good color to sell you on the night version. Of Captain America in the shadows, a subdued red. If that was so poppy, it would be just be too much a little tip of the head piece as he flips backward. Nice choreography there. I like this sequence a lot. The the spotlight on these guys, but also
1: like gunning at him. The the color is so good up to this point, And it yeah. may be good all the way through. Like I'm kinda waiting for the color to jump ship because so far I'm really on board with the color choices. Sure. It's really designed to make Captain America glow. Yeah and so to see a night scene with him it's it's jarring like it it's almost like a comment on superheroes before we get to books like watchmen at least visually now he's beating up native american guys yeah this is the guy that that he got uh from 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 that questionable bar it's like the y the uh ymca the village people or the cast in here so he goes from that bar they tip him off to this native american crime lord And so he goes there looking for answers, believing this is the
0: person behind the arsons. Turns out not to be the case. And then we just cut to a family of, uh, you know, it's mom and dad talking about the money troubles. And they got about four million kids. Maybe that has something to do with it. (laughs) It's not cheap. A lot of mouths to feed. I I, I remember... uh, we have a homeboy man who was delivering uh, prescriptions. That was his job uh, in between, like, drawing comics when, when we were much younger. And there was uh, this one house that he would deliver prescriptions to up in Mount Washington. a guy had, uh, I think it was 12 kids. And the dude said, yep, when my old lady has one more, we're tax exempt, he said. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I worked with a guy that had 26, I think,
1: siblings. And, like, two of them were named Paul, and two of them were named Tina. <laughs> like, they had run out of names. <laughs> uh, again, with the color, note the muted palette once we get into, like, these are just regular people. Yeah. Like, like, we're trying to show that this is a regular regular folks here. Yeah. Not a crime lord, not a superhero. So, yeah. muted palette.
0: But with these kind of situations, man, you just know when you introduce this, like, uh, yeah, this will be the bad guy. Especially when they lay it on thick. Yeah, of course. That he is a dad of a bunch of kids. And they can't make ends they're struggling. meet so they're giving you the sort of reason why he's kinda of going hardcore. It's all it's all in that one panel, but of course, just randomly, Captain America is just chilling on rooftops like, you know, that is that is the quintessential American family. <laughs> right. Right, taking a minute out of his uh... <laughs> Oh man. Like I like like this is why we this is why this is why we do superhero hero work, man. Yeah, taking a minute to be a voyeur here and spying on the American family.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, you're establishing your... Th- there's an EC component to this, man. Some of those like EC, kind of KKK stories and shock suspense stories would have this moment where it's the people in the small town going to the constable, hey, you going to be at the thing tonight? Going to the barber, hey, you're going to be at the thing tonight, man? And then cutting to the beer hall where these guys put on their fucking elk helmets and talk mad shit uh it is it is a marvel comic uh it is about what being broke or something
1: right yeah yeah this is the struggle of the middle class being squeezed in the 80s yeah is is what you're getting here you know what's funny is this is nice paper right this is i don't think it's baxter i forget what the other kind of paper they would use was but it's it's a really nice almost a coated paper yeah and i think it hurts this this scene Mm -hmm. because it's so clean if you had newsprint and it was a little grittier and a little more tooth i think that would serve it better because
0: it kind of feels like empty streets you know it feels like a hollywood lot it does yeah for sure and uh the the funny thing is though i i don't think i think the color was done for this for marvel fanfare And for this paper, because you could not get away with these kind of grays on that shitty newsprint. there's no, There's no way. That is, dude, this is nearly a panel out of Watchmen, by the way. With the colors that Mm -hmm. are chosen there. (laughs) Captain America got some kink out of helping uh, the firemen earlier. So he's going to show up uh, to this next blaze. And, you know, got laid on thick. It's old folks home
1: again it's urgent so you're tired just lift it a little bit give us that pink sidewalk underneath there that curb on the front left tire yeah and, you know, because it feels like it's already up it's the drawing that's not showing us that the tires off the ground but I think that tire is off the oh ground. sure yeah, yeah. It's you speed, feel that axle. speeding to this fire
0: you feel that axle up for sure man I, I just I, there's sort of the linearity of the guys it really feels like Keystone cops Keystone firemen that's what I'm saying like there's a like a Hollywood production.
1: Um, you know, pre-method acting kind of Hollywood production quality to this
0: story. Yes, very over the top. You got your old guy, like, my wife is still in there. It's a lot of stuff that we've seen elsewhere and things all cobbled together in one in one unit. Uh, Captain America pops in, brings the couple out, and this is the moment where the superhero, you know, he can't save everybody. So he's pounding on the lady's chest turning her chest bones to rubble because she's like a little old lady with uh, osteoporosis man so he's breaking a rib every time he pushes down with a superhero strength
1: man i remember hearing stories about that whenever I, I got cpr certified oh
0: yeah oh yeah they find a badge on the scene and that fucking sets our guy off yeah what do you mean a cop a policeman one of us one of my brotherhood That's a pretty tough Captain America right there. That's pretty dope.
1: Yeah, that feels like Miller.
0: In some shadow. That's fucking sick, dude. It's a
1: funny pose, though, also, like, jutting his hip out. (laughs) I mean, he's pointing his prow, dude. He's pointing his pistol at the dude. (laughs) I like this wind-up
0: with he's going to throw the shield... Kind of a discus uh, thrower getting ready, twisting back a little bit. It's an interesting form of storytelling here because uh, there's a lot left to the imagination in a way. Man, you got the car established. Uh, that is a car. Maybe you have a little more, I don't know. But he's speeding off. The dude sees the shield go by. You have a little bit of body English. And ka ka boom
1: By the way, that shield is as wide as the car in this panel yeah um miller drawing this i imagine right somebody yeah it's pretty cool to see that that applied early like i think he's done some really good stuff with sound effects over the years and uh pretty neat to see it show up there he did some cool stuff in daredevil with sound effects too so it, it kind of goes back his whole career i think
0: menaces that copper piece is like you better turn yourself in or else we're toast gets word that uh that that nice all-american couple who, that can't pay their bills and has a million kids. Like, that dude's in charge of all the stuff. How about that foot right there?
1: Yeah, I was looking at the what the plug.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is, like, you know, the origin of uh, the supervillain, where Captain America comes barging in to dinner at the, uh, I believe, Brady household. So it's the wow. Brady Bunch. Uh, and menaces the father as, like, the little boys are beating him up. You know that this kid does he become nomad <laughs> like uh I'm, I'm sure this has been expanded upon somebody K. favors t- tell <laughs> us the villain's name that this kid <laughs> becomes because that's how marvel works you know i hope so i hope so this is pretty good here like sweep the leg and, and hit the top yeah pretty
1: pretty strong of course that guy pulling a knife on cap not smart like you're gonna outfight this fat dude's gonna
0: outfight Captain America. <laughs> you see it at at the ball games, man. Get I a couple suppose. beers in you in, in that crowd. Busts up the dart game, ruins it for everybody too. By the way, yeah, he like does. like nobody's enjoying the uh, the future dartboard. And you know these guys are the arsonists because there's just a million crates of gasoline chilling <laughs> in their Knights of Brooklyn walk-up. Their eyes are all red and and and, and watering from just the fumes. <laughs> Let's lay in on th- even thicker with uh, our main guy, like, lighting the flag on fire. Yeah, Fuck he's this. really,
1: like, taunting Captain America. Forcing that Captain America superhero brutality.
0: Yeah. Sets himself ablaze. Self-immolation. Dying for his cause. And a bunch of dudes, like, this is the darkest sequence, man. Uh, One of these guys like, hey guys, I have a gun. And I have one, two, three, four... I have enough bullets for all of us. So, like, uh, say the word. Cap is like, fuck that. We're out. Good panel. Showing that shield bust through those walls. Uh, This is one of those things where if you know... Like, if it was a, um... Just a completely Frank Miller-paced comic that didn't have to abide by page counts and stuff i'm imagining a couple pages like when when marv is like rushing at the door in uh that little prison basement a couple shots of boom 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 and then getting through but you have to be economic with this marvel shit man you got to be quick with it bust through a wall gets the guys out there <laughs> and here, here's i mean this is almost what. <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> sure <laughs> this is almost terrorist alter on what ben marish it everyone no, she's still in there goes running into the blaze look comes out holding a perfectly pristine unburnt unblemished american flag and uh you know does it for america truth justice all that kind of stuff it's an odd story for that for the times. We, yeah, we, we we grew up since then. It's it's bizarre, and I think I think that's a good
1: way to say it. I mean, like all of these stories pre Watchmen, Dark Knight are so strange to consider. Like we're gonna do something a little grittier, a little street level with Captain America, a little uh, you know make some bigger statement. It just all feels a little bit awkward. Yeah, like they haven't quite figured out the language to do a story like this without. You dip into sentimentality, but you also dip into, like, it's still kind of a kid's thing in the early 80s. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a weird one. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but
1: fun to revisit, Jim. It's certainly interesting. And it's interesting to think, like, what Miller goes on to do and, you know, kind of where this story fits in. You know, once again, like, it just feels tone-wise out of step with almost everything I can think of before Dark Knight with him. But then also, in terms of sophisticated storytelling, out of step with Dark Knight. So it's, it's an unusual piece. Very possible this was done before Daredevil. I would doubt that. Like It, it's, it feels more confident than that. Yeah. Um, this is another one I, I'd be curious to read. Like I wonder if Miller talks about this story anywhere. I'd be curious to hear a little bit more about some of that
0: there are three, background. There are three or four solid uh, comic journal interviews that he did. They were compiled. Uh, I, th- I believe, at least between the both of us, we probably have all the issues. Yeah. Um, those are interviews that we're going to have to unpack at some point uh, here on the channel. I do think it's interesting because he is
1: such a uh, thoughtful creator and influential. You can see that he's definitely stretching and pushing against what comics, you know, sort of what was available, say, in mainstream Marvel comics for a creator to work on, what kind of story to sink their teeth into. And it feels like this is pushing against it. Mm -hmm. It's just where do you go and what can we actually get away with. True.
0: Uh, I almost was about to close things out, but let's just take a quick. look. I told at, you, man, this is my favorite part. At it's the, uh, Kevin Nolan. At the Kevin Nolan uh, portfolio. I'm probably use a photo ref on most of this, man. I feel like I could see. There's a, there's a there's a liveliness to the imagery. Maybe this one's. a little bit He does basic. such
1: long figures. Like their faces are so long. If, if he's doing photo referencing, it feels like you're photo referencing models. Uh, models. Like like uh, you know like professional models. I mean not like somebody you hire to do yeah uh, to model for a figure because yeah. the length is so is so long and often we talk about like a, the extreme artist where it's like that's like
0: a 16 head figure these these figures are pretty tall yeah it's interesting lines he uses here man mm-hmm. I, it almost looks like rapidograph at a certain point yeah they are kind of a, a an even weight no real thick and thin on some of that stuff
1: and then a terry austin portfolio this one stood out to me because i don't i can't think of a lot of terry austin pencils and
0: inks right yeah and when you see it like you see the the austin marks to it but you also see a little of the wonkiness mm-hmm. that suggests that he's you know a better cleanup hitter it reminds
1: me of scott williams i can remember seeing yeah. a couple of scott williams pieces whenever i was a kid and you know they have that veneer of scott williams so i was like oh that's awesome but you look really close and you can see like a little bit of it's not quite there it's not quite the jim lee forming of shapes and volume and yeah stuff.
0: you see these weird quads and stuff that it's just not completely figured out and these are like those um what the heck who is that marvel uh vince fago like these mm. like vince fago characters from like timely
1: do you think austin aspired to be penciler and inker? i mean i guess pencilers
0: were making more and this is about when royalties kick in so they're making more on that scale too i i don't know anybody who set up their career and it was like i want to be an inker. i don't know one person even if you like fall into the inking thing like you gave it a shot at penciling
1: yeah i mean if he really wanted to pencil i feel like he could have found opportunities right a, a continuity at some like inventory stories floated around
0: yeah yeah and i think he, he did do a little bit here and there but man that ink job that's that's a snappier quicker you're using a different part of your brain you could always be listening to fucking npr you don't ever have to have that moment of silence and that kind of thing There's value in that. Anyhow, dude, there it is. Marvel Fanfare issue number 18. That's a pretty classic issue. This is one that whenever I started looking for back issues was was, uh, pretty quickly got on my list. Yes, sir, man. Uh, Cartoonist Kayfabe, comic book Christmas in July. It's the last Saturday in July. We are going around to the free lending libraries in our neighborhood, and we are going to stuff those those libraries uh, with comics. We, as creators, have comp copies... Uh, that we are going to be putting in there. We have doubles uh, from some of the stuff that was sent to us. Jimmy has this or that. I have this or that. Accumulate that stuff together. We're sharing that with, uh, with the, the wider world in hopes of reintroducing or flat out introducing comics to people who might not have given it a shot uh, in the past. Uh, You can like, follow, subscribe to the YouTube channel, and hit the bell so that we can notify you when new videos are available. Jimmy, what do you have out there? Hulk
1: Grand Design, Monster, and Madness are in stores now. Hulk Grand Design, the treasury collection, is coming to stores later this year, but you can pre-order it now in your local comic shop. And you can join me on patreon.com slash jimrug to see more of my comics, art, and process.
0: Red Room, the anti-social network trade paperback, uh, collecting the 2021 season of Red Room Comics has been and is currently in stores right now in september 2022 uh red room trigger warnings trade paperback is going to be hitting shops you can pre-order these comics right now go go to amazon go to your local comic shop go to my link tree in the description below this video and pre-order those comics through fantagraphics uh whatever is most convenient for you murder on the dark web for fun and profit if you see these single issues give those a shot. Each one is self-contained and tells a complete story. You could also hit up my Patreon. Three bucks gets you the archive there and you can read all the comics that I have up there as we speak. I put up new strips every Tuesday. Jim, what else? Subscribe to the Cartoonist
1: Kayfabe e-newsletter. at the links below this video. You can also find Cartoonist Kayfabe t-shirts and merchandise at the links below this video.
0: That's another great way to support the Cartoonist Kayfabe channel. Give them those marching orders. We'll be on our way, Jim. Read more comics.